Welcome to Above Par. I'm your host, Kathy Hartwood. I show you how to take more of your talent to the golf course without practicing harder, taking more lessons, or buying new equipment. I show you how to end the frustration of underperforming so you can start playing to your potential. This is where you are going to learn how to think above par so you can play below par. Let's get to it. Hello, my golf friends. Welcome back to Above Par. So I wanted to today talk about the Masters. I want to do a recap and just give you some takeaways on the emotions that we saw out watching the Masters. Of course, I love the Masters and most of us uh, listening to this probably watched it or watched clips of it. So if you ever wondered if it was important to manage your emotions around the golf course, I think this past week was a great example of that. And what I want to do is I want to highlight a few things that I saw that caught my eye that maybe you can relate to it. I often talk about how it's important to manage your thoughts and emotions around the game of golf so that you can make your best swings and show up and focus and be very present and play to your potential. The more swings that you make on the golf course from what is your preferred state of being calm or certain or confident, the more of your talent is going to be able to come out. And it is a skill. It is something that you want to practice. You want to have a plan. You want to have a process. And I want to talk about a few examples of the masters where we could definitely see this. I'm going to start with Tiger Woods. I think watching him play was so great for all of us as spectators to watch him play, but you could definitely see the pain in his face. The biggest takeaway for me from watching Tiger play was his grit and his focus and working through what you knew was a lot of pain. He probably played his worst golf in a tournament, maybe as a professional ever. But my sense was that it wasn't really about his score, though, of course, he wanted to win. It was about him challenging himself and proving to himself that he can get out there and play and perform. He was measuring himself against himself, not against necessarily how he's played in the past or what he's totally capable of. He was asked if he might consider this week one of the greatest achievements of his career, despite how high his score was. And he said, for not winning an event, yes. Yes, without a doubt. To go from where I was to get to this point, I've had an incredible team that has helped me get to this point and incredible support. He was able to have a horrible putting round and laugh that off in the press conference afterwards and not have a very good last round and also come out and feeling really good about himself, which is an example of how he didn't make that scoring or that putting mean anything about his ability to play the game or his ability to perform or he wasn't embarrassed. He was really proud of his achievements as he went out there and played with a lot of grit to prove to himself what he's capable of. He's always challenging himself against himself. And I thought that was so evident watching him play and grind through the pain and walking the the golf course and trying to focus. I imagine, also I'm just going to add in there, the mental exhaustion that he probably experienced of fighting pain as well as focusing on what he needed to do probably was tremendous. So I think for him, the biggest part of playing in the Masters was just the achievement of of proving to himself that he could get through that week. And I thought that was really visible. The second person I want to talk about is Cameron Smith. So of course, I was rooting for a closer Sunday. I like a close weekend. I just think it's more exciting because so much can happen. But of course, Cameron Smith got himself within a few shots of Scotty. And then we, as we know, in the 12th hole, 
He made a swing that the ball went in the water. He ended up making a big number on that hole, which basically pulled him out of contention. You could definitely see how his emotion changed. He went from a birdie, right, to a big number. And I'm going to say it probably, it looked like it probably took him about two holes to get himself back into a little bit of rhythm. He made a few bad swings after that. This is what happens to you as well on the golf course. When you are playing from a state of being very disappointed or angry or frustrated, we're not going to be able to make our best swings. None of us can compare to what he, the pressure that he's under or put himself under or that situation at all. But that emotion is relative for all of us. We all can relate to it and we can all see how it affects our game. And it was very visible how it affected Cameron's game. I am sure the disappointment that he felt in those few holes after that par three was tremendous. And he had to have the skills and battle himself back to finish that round and stay in the game. What a lot of us do after that moment or after we're done is we take it as an opportunity to beat ourselves up. And I talk about how the words that you say to yourself is either going to move you closer to confidence, self-confidence, or further away from self-confidence. And what he said after the round was just a really bad swing at the wrong time. It was actually a really good number. It was a really nice nine iron. Wasn't even trying to go near that pin. And yeah, just a really poor swing. And that's it. He didn't make it mean anything more than that. Of course, he was disappointed, but he didn't take it as an opportunity to beat himself up any more than he needed to. He had his own back at that moment, and he knows because he plays the game of golf that we're capable of making bad swings at bad moments. So that's an opportunity for you to learn and use that when you go out on the golf course at different times where you might be beating yourself up after a bad swing and making it mean something more than I just made a bad swing at the wrong time. So the third person I want to talk about is Rory McIlroy. So Rory has said that he has believed that he's been on the right track, that he's doing the right things. And he said it was just nice to feel that buzz in a major championship again. It's been a while since I felt that. He said, I'm excited going forward. I don't think it's just sets me up for next year at the Masters. It sets me up for the rest of the year. I feel like my game has sort of been quietly pretty good without the results to really show for it. So that statement, what that reveals to me is he was in an opportunity where he was a little bit behind the pack. He was kind of out of it for the most part, but he was able to relax enough that he could step into the player that he knew he was. He knew he was playing well. He knew that his game was there and he gave himself an opportunity to prove it to himself. And he took that as an opportunity for something to set him up for the rest of the year. He decided that's what he was going to make it mean. This is about being patient for our results to show up, knowing that if we keep thinking the right things and feeling the way that we want to feel on the golf course, that our our results are eventually going to show up. And he was able to step into that player, the game that he knows he owns And it showed up at the Masters and he used that as a something to put into his memory bank to catapult him forward to having an amazing rest of the year or at least have that certainty and confidence going into the rest of the year. Sometimes when we're a little bit behind the pack or when we're not in the lead, it does take a little bit of that pressure off where we can really relax. And I thought that was an opportunity for him to allow all of his talent to come out. And that was an amazing 18th hole, two bunker shots at a number 18 to watch those guys hold those shots. I mean, what are the chances? That was so fun to watch. And of course, the last person I want to talk about is Scotty. And I think the thing that was so amazing is he seems so calm and certain and confident on the golf course. He focuses 
very well. He looks like he's blocking out a lot of things, but actually it was very revealing when he talked about what it was like the day before that last round. He said, this morning was totally different story. I cried like a baby this morning. I was so stressed out. I didn't know what to do. I was sitting there telling Meredith, his wife, I don't think I'm ready for this. I'm not ready. I don't feel like I'm ready for this kind of stuff. I just felt overwhelmed, which is so I think one for you all who feel overwhelmed and not ready, it's so good to know that pros have brains just like everybody else that chatters to them and starts talking. The other thing that he went on to say is he talked to his wife and she told him, who are you to say that you are not ready? And then they talked a little bit about their faith. He was like, who am I to say that I know what's best for my life? So what we talked about is that God is in control and that the Lord is leading me. And if today is the time, it's my time. And if I shot 82 today, you know, somehow I was going to use it for his glory. He said, gosh, it was a long morning. It was long. All right. Then when he got out to the golf course, he clicked into all of his focusing that he's practices on and he was able to block everything out on the golf course is where he can perform and he can focus and he can concentrate. He can go through his pre-shot routines off the golf course. He didn't have that tool to use, now his mind is left to wander. And it definitely started wandering in a direction that just started to overwhelm him. And he was overcome with emotions. I thought it was an amazing moment for him to share with how vulnerable that is about crying before the masters. Most of us might not think that he was crying before the masters. Definitely, we saw him play, you wouldn't think that he had had that emotional of a moment. It makes so much more sense as his wife kept saying to him over and over about how proud she was of him. I really didn't get that until that put this into context on how he overcame all of those emotions. And he was able to go out there, rely on what he knew what to do, which is his pre-shot routine, stay focused, and block as much of that chatter and distraction out from his brain by going through his routines. Now, he also did say that he really wasn't able to relax or be at ease that whole round. But I've heard that a lot about people playing in the Masters or in big tournaments when you're in contention it's okay for you to be a little bit unsettled. Just trust that you still can play and you still can perform. But it also showed the power of just having a routine out at the golf course. The other thing is that I think all of these players represent how big a role your emotions play, not only in your life, but in your golf game. And the better you are at feeling and expressing your emotions, when you can open up to them and not be afraid of any emotion, you're going to be able to show up as the best version of yourself. Being able to manage your emotions on purpose on the golf course is so important for you being able to swing your best on the golf course. So if you ever wondered whether emotions play a big role in the game of golf, I think this week's Masters was very representative of all the range of emotions we can experience in the game of golf. And if you're struggling to manage your emotions, I just want you to know there is nothing wrong with you. It is totally normal. You just have a human brain. If I can help you manage any of it, managing your thoughts, your emotions, having a process to get it done, some tools and tactics to take to the golf course, make sure you reach out to me at kathyhartwood.com. All right, my friends, have a beautiful week and I'll talk to you next Wednesday.